2: So, are they here yet? That's that's a question I have. The the off season, I feel like there's kind of been like a snap back to reality when it comes to the to the Texans, where you can catch lightning in a bottle, but you take a step back and you realize you're not in a certain weight class. And I don't want to say there weren't expectations this year, but but let's be honest, the the bar was pretty low based on what we'd seen in previous years. Correct. So I want to ask you this, mm-hmm. and we're. Eight months away from really laying these out and really diving into them. What are the expectations for the Texans now? Like, what what should we
1: expect from the Texans? Like, what is what is the bar at this point? Now, look, I I, I get your point uh, in terms of like, are we going to fall into this is what I'm talking about? Are we going to fall back into yeah, well, lightning in a bottle? But you know, you know, the Texans are they going to take a step back? What what are the expectations going to be? I I'm I'm past that. I am absolutely past that. This is not free agency for finding warm bodies. This is free agency for finding uh, those those key pieces. This is not, oh, they're going to lose their offensive coordinator. Who cares? Uh, you know, I, I think with C.J. Stroud, my expectation is win the division. If you want to talk uh, right. X's and O's and, and, and W's and L's. That's fair. Win the division. Let's not even make it a competition. You know, let's not have to go to the, the, the last division game of the year to get it. Uh, and then that—that's the next step. That's the next logical step. You—you you made a great comparison of this team yesterday with the Detroit Lions,
2: and I'm gonna—I'm gonna elaborate on that more tomorrow because I actually perfect—it's like, it. There's so many reasons why it's similar, and it can actually be a souped-up version of the Lions. Like it's mm-hmm. it, there's there's a massive opportunity T- today. I want to get into the Will Anderson trade. But the Lions, I agree with you. I think that's the weight class. Yeah. I like Baltimore, Kansas City, all that. I'm not I'm not there yet. You were you had an equal playing field with them, mm-hmm. but at this point, I, I'm not gonna get lost in the sauce
1: and act like I expect the Texans to be in that on that level. I am with you. I'm not gonna sit here and say Super Bowl or bust. They're not there yet. But they can damn sure win the division and they can damn sure get to an AFC championship game. That's what the Lions did. Uh, I think they can. The Lions did it in the NFC, though, man. Oh, I know. That's the other. That's the other thing about this. It's it, it's the NFC. The NFC is deeper, but not as top heavy. Like, like like the AFC is very gettable, but then you have Buffalo, Baltimore, and Kansas City, and so that that it's very top heavy. Well, I mentioned those three teams. That would leave a spot open, wouldn't it? I mean, that, that kind of leaves a spot open there among the elite of the elite. My expectations
2: are right there with you. Just make the playoffs. No. Playoffs, but I I do I do wonder like what is it what is it going to be like? Like or is it uh, all of a sudden like is it going to be a situation where people are expecting the Texans to be it wouldn't shock me. Like we, we could see we we could see this being a consistent thing, but I'm I'm going to channel my expectations to where just get in the just get in the tournament and see what happens. And and quite frankly, they could I mean there could be a situation where CJ Stroud struggles more but he's becoming a better player. Uh
1: well, yes, but I you know the struggles are going to be very short lived. Uh I I mean we've seen that. We 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 expected tr- uh, struggles. If he was going to have prolonged struggles, it was going to be his rookie year. So, yeah, there's going to be some, but I I don't I don't to me that doesn't even measure, you know, him being in a prolonged slump, having a sophomore slump and oh what happened to CJ? We're not going to have those discussions. Now, I'm going to ask you a question.
2: And I want you to, and shout out to the loopholes. If you listen, you are one seven one three five seven two four six one zero. YouTube, Twitch, uh, Odyssey app. But I want you, I I want you to get out of the feeling of a romanticized season. Mm-hmm. I want you to get out of the feeling of the best is yet to come. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes of offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick and quarterback coach Gerard johnson mm-hmm. and i want you to answer me this question because this is how this whole thing works you know this when you're making a big decision like to leave somewhere outside of the clear increase in salary or increase in opportunity we've laid out the reasons why you would not want to leave the Texans. And John McClain, I thought, took it too far yesterday, saying both of them should just stay in Houston yeah. and not even, like, considering. I thought that was a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about why you would want to stay and why there's reason for excitement. Cap Space, CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, D'Amico, all that crap. Yeah. Why would you want to leave? Like, if you're making your cons list, because even even on the in the best situations, there's a cons list. If you're Bobby Slowick, you're Gerard Johnson. We've talked about why you would want to stay. Why would you want to leave this situation? What would be what would be the negatives for this situation?
1: Uh, for for the Texan situation, I don't even know if that would uh, register uh, in terms of why I would want to leave. Like, I, I, I would rather do this. I would rather it be different here for this reason. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try to give you one reason. And I hesitate to say this because everything is going so well and they get together uh they get along so well but there are a lot of voices in the offensive room a lot of voices a lot of opinions in the offensive room there's bill lazer you know who's a veteran who uh, uh, uh he, he's he's big he's uh, who isn't he the who? who uh who I forget what his title is oh okay uh, uh, who? bill lazer no no, oh, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm being serious. You're going with I'm, Bill Lazor. Okay. I'm being I'm being a hundred percent serious on the offensive side of the ball. But that's everywhere. But wait a minute, let me finish. There's there's the offense coordinator and the quarterback coach in most organizations.
2: I know who Bill Laser is. I just don't. I mean, you said his name like we were talking about
1: Bill Walsh or something. But the other one is Shane Day, and I drew a blank, but I, I looked it up. Shane Bam. Day has, has been around a long we're time. We're just going to read the staff. No, no, no. Let me let me explain it. Most organizations, you have the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach, yeah, and those are the guys that kind of put it all together. Here, you have a couple of older, veteran, senior offensive assistants.
2: Shanahan has
1: that though. No, but but these Shanahan are, has
2: like fifty coaches. No, he has a
1: lot of coaches, but these are guys that have been coordinators before. Bill yeah. Lazor and Shane Day. Yeah. So I'm I'm reaching. I'm I said it from the very yeah. start. I'm reaching, but you got four coordinator type minds, you know. And, you know, offering their opinions. Yeah. If I had to say one thing, it's like, you know what? If I go over there, it's mine. Yeah. If I go over there, it's me.
2: And we're, we're grasping we're grasping for straws here. So, yeah. I, I get that. Um, I, I look at that as a positive. For, for me, the negative, like, if I'm Bobby Slowick and I'm looking at this situation and I'm saying, this is on my cons list. Not even like this is a deal breaker, but this is on my cons list. Because... You're going to have a long-ass list of positives if you're Bobby Slowick when, when it comes to this situation. My con, it, it's it's the more things change, the more they stay the same. I'm, I'm listening to Clint Sterner. I'm listening to Seth yesterday talk about this. Man, you're kind of stuck with this offensive line. Like You're, yeah. you're kind of stuck with this offensive line. And, and, and the guys who actually watched the tape and the guys who are like, really just getting in the sticks and breaking this down, like – they insist that that was one of the most pathetic offensive line performances that they've ever watched, to the point where you're jumping off sides, you're getting, your, you're getting your butt whooped, and you have this heavy investment in Laramie Tunsil, you have this heavy investment in Titus Howard. We don't know what the hell Titus Howard is. I it, The negative for me right now with the Texans is you're kind of stuck with this offensive line. And I don't know if it's like a mindset. It, it just seems it's kind of a weird situation. Like, I don't know. Like I, does it feel like Titus Howard is almost impacting Laramie Tunsil in a negative way at this point?
1: (laughs) I don't know about that. What do you mean? Like maybe on social media. Yes. That's (laughs) what I'm saying though.
2: Like Laramie Tunsil has a bad game like that. And then he's arguing, he's, he's searching his name and arguing with two randos, Mm -hmm. uh, who are just fans, and they're, and they're talking about, and I'm not saying, like, just fans, just fans, but they're, they're talking about a poor performance that was blatantly obvious. Like, I, I, this offensive line should be a strength, but if you watch that Baltimore game or you listen to people who watch it closer than we do, the offensive line prevented the Texans from getting where they want to get. They did. And it's not going anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, you can move on from virtually anything. You can't move on from this offensive line. I would love for it to become a strength. It's possible. It's not the most far-fetched thing, but we're trying to talk about the cons. And I think the biggest con right now is you invested all this in this offensive line, and, and I don't know that this offensive line is going to be a really, really good offensive line anytime
0: soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
1: Boy, that's a really good one. Uh, just because you, you're, you, you gotta have Titus Howard, and you gotta have uh, you know a Laramie Tunsil, and you don't know about the interior line, but you got a first round pick in there. You know what's crazy? You got a second round pick in there. They're you know what, gonna
2: play. You know what's crazy? What's that? As good as Laramie Tunsil is as a pa- as a pass blocker and all mm-hmm. that, and I, I don't dispute that. I actually feel almost better about the interior than I do the I think the, that's the tackles. Fair. I think that the tackles fair. are two of the highest paid.
1: Yeah, no, you got juice. Uh, you know, Shaq uh, Mason has not has not. He was good all year. He wasn't necessarily a standout, but he was never bad. Uh, and then at the center position, you've you've proved that you've got centers that can do the job. That's a really good one. Let me let me elaborate on on my point, and and again, just to be clear, because we're not like, oh, you guys are hating on everything. No, no, I'm trying to figure out like no. what is you... what is
2: on Bobby Slowick's cons list. All right, let me outside of the obvious, like uh, uh, an increased opportunity. What is on Bobby Slowick's
1: cons let, list? Let me elaborate on that. Bobby Slowick is 36 year old. 36 years old. Gerard Johnson is 36 years old. They both are coaches' kids and adored their fathers, who were very successful coaches. All right, so they have this respect. This they, they, they kind of defer. Uh, they they you know they 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 always talk. You know, listen to other opinions, older coaches' opinions. Well, Shane Day is fifty, and Bill Lazor has been a coordinator uh, in Chicago, uh, elsewhere, and he's fifty-one. I think like if you're thirty-six years old, you're going to kind of you know show a lot of respect to those guys and maybe do things because they say so. That you wouldn't do by yourself, that would be my forced only con. If I go to Washington and I'm Bobby Slowick, that's my baby. You know, if I become an offensive coordinator, name the name the team Cleveland, let's say for Gerard Johnson, that's my baby. Even though Stefanski, I know, uh, you know, is, is an offensive guy, but they say he's been willing to to let go of the reins of the offense. That would be the one. That would be the one. You know, you got older guys that are real strong voices. You can have your own.
2: Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you here on Houston Sports Theater, Sports Radio six ten. I just you're stuck with the O line. You're, yeah. you're stuck with the offensive line. Uh, Cole Brew on the YouTube. Uh, he's probably had about twenty today, I think, because <laughs> he said, and, and it's it's only ten a.m. Um, he says Landry yes yesterday said don't draft O line. The line is set. Landry today you're stuck with this O line. Yes, you're stuck with this O line. You're set there because you've you you're paying. Titus Howard, top five right tackle money. Laramie Tunsil's the highest paid offensive lineman of all time. You used a first round pick on Kenyon Green. You used a second round pick on Juice Scruggs. You you have Shaq Mason, who's one of the top fifteen highest paid guards. You've already invested in it. You can't just get rid of it and wipe the slate clean. So yes, that's that's the point, Cole Brew. Drink one for me, buddy. <laughs> they actually stuck. Yes, they really, stuck. They're stuck. stuck. Mm-hmm. Like like drink one for me. Do I feel good about it? Like if 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 I could get a time machine and go back in time and not give Titus Howard an extension, would I would I hop in that time machine? You bet your ass I would. I might I might smash my hand on the door, uh, jumping in that time machine and trying to get rid of that. But that's where you're at right now. Yeah. You've already invested in it. It's like the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. I'm sure they would. I, I don't think they want Dak Prescott to have 60 mil against the cap next year. Yeah. Now. At least you have C.J. Stroud and all that. And, and there is hope with this offensive line. Maybe they can get cohesive and maybe they can figure some stuff out.
1: But, mm-hmm. yeah, you're stuck with it. You're stuck because they're set is the easy way to you're put it. You're stuck because you've invested because all that. Because they're set. Like, you can't, you can't really there. mess with them too much. Yes. Like, what yeah. else can you do yeah. at
2: that point? Yeah. Like What can you do? I mean, you you just you, you hope that you hope that Laramie Tunsil continues to do what he's doing. Because as much as people are mad at Laramie Tunsil for the false starts, if Laramie Tunsel just continues doing what he's doing, that's great. You hope that Titus Howard establishes himself as a very good right tackle. That's what you, that's what you hope for. If that happens, good. And then you hope these interior guys figure stuff out, like whether it's Juice Scruggs, whether it's Patterson. And, and, and there's talent there, but if they're gonna if they're gonna perform like they did yesterday, then it's a lost cause. I, I wish I wish I felt confident enough to say Titus Howard replaces Fant and and you have a significant increase at right tackle. I mean that's that's what the money should tell you that that should happen. I don't I don't feel confident in saying that. I wish I wish I I wish I could. I I can't say that.
1: Like if you didn't take salaries into account. What would your depth chart look like on the offensive line going into camp? My depth chart Forget salaries. Forget.
0: Or honestly, who would you get rid of if you could if yeah. the salary didn't matter?
1: Specifically at right tackle. Don't take salaries into account. I'll, I'll let Titus start at right
2: tackle. We'll see what he's got. I mean, and we'll see how it goes. I I, I, uh, I I don't just, know. I don't know about uh, his mindset. I would look at. I would look at <laughs> to upgrade. I I well, yeah. If I, money
0: didn't matter. I oh, would see if, if I, I could upgrade. I
2: I I, I, I question his mindset. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like if you're searching your name on Twitter and arguing while you're hurt
1: to to the point where like I I, I question the mindset. I really really do. I get it. I think the I don't think he'd be first on the depth chart going into camp if you didn't take salary into account. I'd go, with but Fant. I mean, Fant's a free agent,
2: though. I know, but it's I'm saying it. I'd okay. be
1: looking to upgrade it, man. I mean, keep in mind, Charlie Heck replaced Fant at one point in the season. Yeah, and, and Fant
2: was in over Howard so that Howard could go stink it, guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, it. Look, man, like I. Uh, of all the things, like this is the thing that I think that when we take a step back and we look at this team and we start saying, "Okay, we're gonna go to this. We're gonna go to the big game in Las Vegas, uh, thanks to our friends at Yingling and the Low T Center. We're gonna go there." How do the Texans get here? The uh, the offensive line should be the least of my concerns right now. You know what I mean? Like that was. It, it seems like for the last couple of years we've been saying, "Okay, this offensive line is gonna be good. This offensive line is gonna be good." Like, mm-hmm. look at what our concerns were. At the start of the year, like seriously, like this, this puts it kind of in perspective. It might actually be encouraging, depending on how you look at it. We feel good about the quarterback. We feel awesome about the head coach, quarterback head coach duo. We feel good. Nico Collins, we were wondering about him. He might, he might not be like a quote number one, Justin Jefferson. We feel good about him. We feel pretty good about Tank Dell, although we still think that they could improve uh, in that area. Derek Stingley, we feel like is a cornerback one at this point. Christian Harris, that magic pixie dust that we wanted D'Amico Ryan's to sprinkle on him, that appears to be there. Will Anderson, I mean, there's a lot of room for improvement. We feel pretty good about Will Anderson. We'll get into the uh, one-year evaluation of that trade. And the offensive line would feel the same damn way. Yeah. Yeah. Much as things change, the more they
1: stay the same. Mo Money, same problems. Uh, it Even the running game, if you think about it, it took Singletary being practically magical for them to have success running the ball with behind this offensive line. Because Damian Pierce was just getting was just getting stonewalled. And then they went to then they went to Devin Singletary. How many times did you see him dance around in the background avoiding first contact? Yeah. Like he he was one of the NFL's best at yards after contact. Uh ultimately for running backs. So even he had to be like magical running the ball to find success running the ball against this offensive line. So it's a a big issue. It's a big, big issue. Huge issue. Huge issue. Huge concern. Uh, And right
2: now it is the con. Coming up, D'Amico Ryans. He's got to watch his old team try to get to the Super Bowl. How do you think that makes him feel? And John Lopez, he has his ideal Super Bowl matchups ranked 1-4. to That's next. I do. This
0: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,